take hold of the boughs thereof. A good omen, Spodvik, written by the wolf and read by John. Summary Aziraphale's fruit needs plucking. Crowley is only too happy to oblige. I said I will go up to the palm tree. I will take hold of the boughs thereof. Now also thy breasts shall be as clusters of the wine, and the smell of thy nose like apples, and the roof of thy mouth like the best wine for my beloved, that goeth down sweetly, causing the lips of those that are asleep to speak. Song of Solomon The spring of the fortieth year since his first fruiting, in a last, Desperate bid to find someone who might accept his bounty, Aziraphale rose up and went away. Moving was difficult now. The tilling of his roots through the earth was hobbled by the ugly, bulbous clusters of unplucked fruits that hunched his back and weighed down the untamed branches of his crown. Some were so knotted they'd begun to pulp and rot under their own miserable gravity, and so his ponderous journey was marked by a cloying trail of tripping fermentation. Juices too thick, flavor too sweet, flesh too soft, skin too velveteen, color too pink and peach. There were many reasons in the beginning for why the others found him lacking as a partner. In the end, however, he could only lay the fault for his current predicament at his own roots. He shouldn't have clung so stubbornly to hope of a true partnership or been so anxious and shy of his peers. He should have sought out an alternative arrangement like those who did not care to fruit and so carefully groomed their flowers, or those who only sought a partner when fruit erupted somewhere beyond the reach of their own grasping minds. By the time one set of fears was able to supersede the other, he was so shamefully unkempt and overgrown he couldn't blame the others for the creaking retreat of their limbs when he approached. Only the grim knowledge that the unrelieved fruiting would eventually root him like an ancient, with no guarantee that anyone would care for or pity him enough to ferry fresh nutrients to his final plot of soil, spurred him to seek a helpmate elsewhere. And so he descended from the mountains where his kind gathered, in secret depths and forests, to grow and commune and cultivate their sapling orchards in search of someone for his own. He reached the bottom just as the sky was blushing pink with morning, and the turtle-doves were beginning to purr, and he was so, so tired. To the side of the deer trail he was following, he spied a wide, peaceful clearing that seemed made for a short rest. He settled in the center of the clearing, braiding his trunks in a sturdy twist, 
and lifting his more flexible branches to twine their tapered, wine-like ends into the few boughs of his crown he was able to keep tidy himself. He just started to nod off in an exhausted stupor when a hissing voice whispered from the edges of the nearby trees. So you're what smells so good. Aziraphale startled and his grasping branches descended defensively as he sought out who had spoken. Coiled at the dappled edge of the tree line was a huge black and red snake. At Aziraphale's sudden movement, the snake reared back, and a mouth with vicious-looking fangs dropped open with a far less intimidating yell. not a tree. The snake stilled as they seemed to consider. Or not just a tree. Uh, how about you tell me what you are? Aziraphale goggled. You think I smell good? The snake stared at him before briefly flicking out a long, dark tongue. Yep, kind of like figs and wood and cinnamon and, I don't know, a bit musky and spicy too. Scott. It's my fruit. Apologies if it's a little overpowering. I can't reach, and I'm afraid I've let myself get into a bit of a state. His crown rustled nervously, and he winced at the squelch of fermenting pulp. The snake's head weaved back and forth. Ew. Um, need someone to pick them for you? Aziraphale straightened as much as he was able to. Yes, I came down to look for someone who might like to... to eat my fruits, he confessed, feeling his sap thin and thrill with embarrassment. He didn't want to guess how modelled his bark looked. I'm Aziraphale. Crowley. Lovely to meet you, Crowley. Likewise. Look, um, I'm going to guess that plucking is a bit intimate for you. Yes. Crowley hummed thoughtfully. I'd be, um... Glad to give it a go, if you want. Truly? You have no idea what you smell like. Trust me, it would not be a hardship. Aziraphale felt his spirits and his limbs briefly lift with excitement before drooping again. Oh! But I'm afraid that plucking is a rather delicate sport. You'd need strong grasping vines, or something similar to it. Otherwise, it would hurt. Even more than it already did. Crowley slithered across the clearing in a restless burst. 
Halfway, their front half expanded and morphed, the scales thinning in places to pale flesh, the head rounding and growing a peaking-looking nose and coiling hair, and two long arms peeling away from their sides. By the time they'd coiled their long tail beneath the shades of a Xerophil's paws, they had actual lips to move as they asked. Well, these do, and waggled long fingers enticingly. Xerophil's sap practically fizzed. Yes, he croaked. Crowley grinned at him eyes crinkling charmingly at the corners now that they had eyelids, and pressed a palm flat against the Xerophil's left trunk. All right, I'll start from the ground and work my way up, shall I? At the Xerophil's trembling knot, Crowley circled around to his back, trailing their fingers along sensitive seams of bark, and slipping their tail up along the cleavage of Aziraphale's entwined trunks. Soon, Aziraphale felt a feather-like pressure against one of the clusters just below his trunks fused. What do you need? Crowley asked quietly, as Aziraphale felt a fruit lifted in what must have been the cradle of a palm. sounding noise of acknowledgement, and then their warm, clever fingers began a sweet rhythm of tender pressure, tugging and twisting, until finally the first fruit eased free. The feel of it wasn't strictly pleasurable, as you feel hurt and itched too much for that, but it was a release of tension, however small, which was enough to make him groan, soft and low, in anticipation of what was to come. When he heard the sucking sound of teeth sinking into soft, juicy flesh, Aziraphale held himself so still he stopped respiring. Crowley groaned deep in their throat. You taste bloody amazing. They garbled around a mouthful of fruit. A sigh wrenched from his very roots, vibrated up through a xerophile until every leaf and stem trembled. I'm... I'm so glad you like it, he managed, voice thick with long-buried emotion. You're perfect, Crowley insisted and swept strong hands up and down the back of Aziraphale's trunk smoothingly. Did I do it right? Did it feel good? You did beautifully, my dear. Although I don't expect it will feel like more than scratching an itch until many more of them are plucked. 
I see. Then it looks like it's time for a good old-fashioned glut, Crowley said gleefully, and Aziraphale felt the weight of two more fruits being taken in hand. From there, it felt like Crowley was everywhere, fingers teasing, arms grasping, tail gripping, as they methodically worked Aziraphale over. The longer Crowley gorged themselves on his bounty, the lighter and hazier with relaxation Aziraphale grew. By the time the pluckings began to tip from simple relief to properly buzzing teasers and gasping releases, they were both smeared with dripping juices. Branches tossing and shivering with pleasure, Aziraphale twined his winds around what slippery bits of Crowley's tail he could reach, and begged for instruction so he might share his elation more viscerally. Crowley laughed and writhed in his kneading crib, and between one indulgent mouthful of fruit and the next, gasped out the secrets of their own kind succor. By the time the sun was sinking low on the horizon, Aziraphale was standing tall again and reveling in the thrum of free-flowing sap reinvigorating his topmost boughs. Once he started leafing properly again, he could think about a trim. In the meantime, he was content to bask in newfound comfort and ensure the thoroughly sozzled serpent draped haphazardly through the branches of his ground didn't fall to the ground in a drunken heap. Could eat like that every day for the rest of my life. Crowley slurred happily and dropped the underside of their chin over the end of the nearest vine, looped around their scales. That sounds marvellous, Aziraphi replied, feeling rather helplessly haunt. Hey, hey, Aziraphale, Crowley said urgently, tail thumping clumsily against a branch in excited emphasis. What would you say to a little mutually beneficial arrangement? Aziraphale imagined some dappled scales twined through healthy branches, sweet fruit and companionship shared in delight, and felt almost faint with longing. I think we can discuss it in the morning. Rest now, dearest. And he curled every part of himself that could bend around the precious creature held safe in his power. The end.